0: Well, I will say I've actually seen the FBI has actually changed their stance on passwords. The industry standard used to be change your passwords every 90 days. Yeah. Um, the FBI, who who sends out regular uh, alerts to whether it be businesses or the entire community, that's what, what, about what is happening in cybersecurity, is saying um, change your passwords less often, but create more difficult-to-guess passwords, ones that are um, more complex. <laughs> We are looking forward our way from
1: Studio C in the 511 Studios. Hi, this is Brett. And with me, as always, is Carol. How are
2: you? I'm good today. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Wonderful. Well, I am so excited. Today, we are going to explore technology in today's environment. Um, How we are all surviving the technology tidal wave that hit us during the pandemic is beyond me. Needless to say, we are all suffering at our desks. But uh, if we think that technology was difficult before the world shut down, we are on a whole new plane of existence right now.
1: All right, exactly. With us today is Mary Landrum and Mason Landrum. They are co-owners of Nice Guy Technology. Thanks for coming along.
0: We're very happy to be
3: here. Nice to be here, thanks for having us.
1: Now, I met Mary and Mason in the past on another podcast, I'll give that podcast a plug, uh, Business Inspires through Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. And I, I brought it up to Carol, I thought that would be a wonderful resource for our podcast listeners uh, from that episode, knowing what they brought to the mic and, and what that episode did. I, I think we need to start, though, with an overview of your company, Nice Guy Technology. Uh, what we really want to know is, uh, you know, the story behind the name and, and how you guys got started and where you're going with the company.
3: So the story behind the name um, is is kind of cool because Mason is the most patient and, empathetic person I've ever met. And he's not your stereotypical IT guy at all. And I, I said to him one day, Look, you're an IT guy, but you're such a nice guy. <laughs> and so then the name developed from there, Nice Guy Technology. That's yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> and I
0: had spent all all these ideas, you know, struggling of, you know, what's a nice professional name to use, right. and, you know, all these like, um, you know, what you hear usually for a name for a business and stuff. And I'm like, well, Let's try it. That sounds good to me. It's oh, unique.
2: Absolutely. Talk about a great soundbite.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And every
0: I always I still think of changing it, and um, but every time I go to any kind of a uh, convention or anything where they give you the name tags and stuff, peop, person after person comes up to me and says, like, "I love your name." Yes. And you can't change thing. it then. So can't. You can't. know yeah. Exactly. No. 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 Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to tell us any more about the company and where it's going and your mission and?
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh, we actually started out uh, serving just residential. We used to have a storefront and we would have people bring in computers for repair um, and and those type of things. And then we started getting more and more business clients. And so I think it was around 2015, 10th, 2015 we switched over to just working with businesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically for small and medium sized businesses, we want to be your tech department. Uh, those are usually the size of businesses that um, can't afford to have a dedicated person on staff right. to be you know, working on technology. So we fill in that gap and be the one that you reach out to for all your technical needs. Um, even if you are large enough to have um, a tech staff person, um, we can also um, supplement them and help them along with taking care of some of the smaller, regular, everyday tech issues so that then they can concentrate on some of the bigger technology
2: sort of a their- rent a technology person that because needless to say i w- mm-hmm. i met Brett from my previous work as a, in a nonprofit um agency and you can't afford a tech person yes, o- yeah. on staff uh, i mean that's smaller groups can't so you know we're going to have all your location and your website and everything on our show notes but Uh, So tell us a little bit more about your background and and how you got to this point of starting your own business.
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh, Interestingly enough, Mary and I both have education degrees in our background, but computers were just, when I was in college, computers were really just starting Mm -hmm. and I've always enjoyed them. I've always worked with them and I decided to add on a minor in computer science while I was there working on my education degree. I actually only taught for one year and then ever since then I've been in the technology field. So um, I've been working for other companies though for years um, as their network administrator, taking care of their computers and all of that. And in 2011, I started getting enough side business on you know doing myself that we decided to jump in, you know, establish the name for the company, and uh, start doing technology exclusively um, as our own business under our, our own name.
2: Wonderful. Yeah.
0: So you know, and the
1: huge issue for the audience. I'm sure, the challenges of, of the day. And it's going to be a mixture of technology, software, hardware, Internet connectivity. Uh, now, particularly from home, um, I, I know in our home, we were pretty much um, Wi-Fi. But knowing Zoom, you're going to have to hardwire it <laughs> to really get that Ethernet. And all of a sudden, that Ethernet Cable, that name's coming back into our world that wasn't there before because we got pushed that Wi-Fi is the cool thing and that sort of thing. But can you go over some of the, you know, what's driven people to the edge of, you know, what are they asking about, what you're hearing, some common questions. I know you've moved away from the residential, but you're still getting those common questions about, okay, how do we connect this? How do we make Zoom work better? I've got this kind of computer is it going to work now with everything that's moving along? And, and maybe, it can, you know, either one of you jump in on that um, to, to answer that.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, the the majority of the calls that we have received or the, um, I guess, confusion or pain points right. that we've heard from our customers has not been around the technology side of the wireless versus, you know, hardwired connections and things like that. It's that they're now starting to use um, – software that larger companies have been using for years and you know they've been conducting business this way for years because in larger companies majority of the time the people you're working with are nowhere in your vicinity Um, it's just now that technology it has been forced into the small to medium-sized business area Mm -hmm. um, who is so used to doing things face to face across the table in a meeting room and they've just had to learn how to change their habits to get Teams, whether it's Microsoft Teams or um, Zoom or whatever it is that they're using as their tool, just how to use it efficiently, um, get comfortable with the technology, and instead of it being being looked at as a barrier between them and the people that they are working with, um, really to um, embrace it and use it for all it can be used. What we're hearing, though, from a lot of companies now even some of our own companies that we work with is uh, small and medium size. They're realizing they don't need a physical building anymore to right. have a company. Right. Um, I just had one contact me yesterday that's like, we've decided we're all going to work from home now. And so we need to make some changes and take you know everything that they had before and move it to the cloud. So I really think in some ways it has made us relook at what small to medium size biz- business can be and um, make us realize that um, we are a lot more connected than we maybe think we are, that we don't have to be in physical buildings at the same time anymore or sitting across from the table. So
2: Mm -hmm. the money they're saving on a physical building, they can put into infrastructure of their cloud, infrastructure of the equipment people need in their homes. Because I'm guessing that a whole lot of folks back in March, when they suddenly were home working, were working on an old laptop. So that's, I would think that was going to have to get some upgrade. Um, but it's interesting, too, when you brought up cloud, because I hadn't even really thought that, that through, how has this changed in terms of our knowledge of cloud-based computing? Have businesses been kind of behind in that and now working their way up?
3: I think you see one of two things either the business is is behind and they had to play catch up back in in March when when things, you know, shut down and everybody was working from home and it was a oh, oops, what do we do now? Right. Um so it's either that or they've had the structure in place all along and they transitioned very smoothly into working from home. We were very lucky most of our clients had 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 the infrastructure and they they had things in place so they could go ahead and very smoothly trans transfer into working from home so that was that was nice for them
0: yes and the other thing related to that is a lot of times a lot of businesses have been scared of the cloud and the right path. don't want their data up there in the cloud and and want it safe and secure on a server at their location so it's kind of forced people to to start to trust the cloud infrastructure a little bit more, knowing that that is is the way to go. Right.
2: Mm. Well, and it, it, I, I find it hard to think in terms of cloud-based computing when I'm used to everything sitting right there in front of me, and I know where to find it, and sure. I know where all those drives are. And now suddenly, I mean, I never could grab them. They're in my computer. But if you felt like you could grab it, as opposed to to dealing with the. Yeah. Whatever's floating above me, and, and so. we probably
1: do a lot more cloud-based computing than we realize. If you start thinking about mm-hmm. what really is living on your computer and on your server, mm-hmm. what do you log into to use? Is it really other than using the power of your computer to re- to connect? There's nothing there on your computer anymore.
3: So much, so it's slowing it down. Yeah, it's internet-based so much now.
1: Yes, that you start really thinking about. I mean, if nothing else, your email. Everything you do on email is not necessarily on your computer. You're logging into Gmail or whatever. It's all out there. Absolutely. And just make that jump of going, oh, yeah, right. (laughs)
2: Except for those of us who still insist on Outlook. (laughs) I can't get past it. I love Outlook. (laughs) So anyway, um, so just talking about cloud-based computing – how how do people learn about things like that? How do they learn about Zoom? There's lots going on that people need to get information and resources on how to use these programs wisely and efficiently. Can you give us some examples of what they can do to get themselves up to speed?
3: I tell you, uh, the companies um, nowadays, whether it be Zoom um, or My- Microsoft 365. On the actual websites themselves, they've got some great tutorials. If you go to Zoom.us, I believe it is, um, there are tutorials to show you, you know, in bite-sized, bite-sized pieces how to use Zoom and how to use it effectively. Um, I've I've sent that to a number of people. It's mm-hmm. a it's a wonderful resource. And same thing on Microsoft's website. Mm. If you know if you can dig it up and find find where it is, there's some great information there.
0: And we can include links to those in the, mm-hmm. um, in the notes. For, for our show podcast, notes, right. Yeah, of where you can reach out for those. Have
2: you had clients who have been in need of, of training that where um, they may have a new staff member who needs to use Excel and they aren't up to speed? They may only know some basics and can't link sh- spreadsheets and all of that sort of stuff. Do you, are, are you comfortable with providing any information about different resources for that kind of tutorial?
0: Sure. One that I point to uh, a lot, it's been around for a while. Um, it's called lynda.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just merged. With, I think there's something to do with LinkedIn now. I think there's something LinkedIn Learning, there.
2: right. Yes, right.
0: and um, it is a paid service. Uh, there is a monthly subscription fee, but on that they have tutorials on it. just about any software right. that you would want to learn about, and everything from beginner-level classes uh, on up. They're self-paced. And mm-hmm. uh, we have definitely directed quite a few people there in the past.
2: One, one thing, um, sort of an update on com, and I don't know if this was has been around for a long time, but if you have a Columbus Metropolitan Library card and you go through the library's resource page, you can use com for free.
0: Wow, I did not know. That. Yes, oh, it's yeah. really
2: cool, and we will put that link on on our show notes too. And I'd be glad to send that to you. <laughs> it's it's very easy and very. I've gone in and done some things, and and uh, certainly makes it e- easy easy to get into that training. What I don't know, since I've never had a subscription, I don't know if there's any differences. But there were thousands of things on there that were free that I I went in and I've and it lets you um, create like a almost like a book bag of stuff that you want to do. So you can, you go through the list once and then you go to your own book bag and find it again real quickly without having to search for it again. So I have some things in there that I want to learn. And when I get a chance and it's anywhere from 45 minutes to days long in the training. So
3: yeah, so it's very very cool. cool. I didn't realize that.
0: Um, Another great resource uh, that might be right in your neighborhood is um, a lot of the, um, Senior centers Mm -hmm. and um, And rec centers centers in the area offer free or very reduced cost classes as well to dig into uh, these type of things um, at at very beginner levels too. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about having hardly any computer experience whatsoever. Uh, We've actually taught some ourselves at the Upper Arlington Senior Center in the past. And um, you know whether it's basics from even how to use getting used to using windows 10 Mm -hmm. which can be very new to people or um you know topics on individual programs as well so check out your local resources to see um what is available as well through just your local community
2: right and with our listeners we're not really sure where they're located but we hope that just giving them giving you all some ideas about where central ohioans can go that'll give you some ideas of where you can go in your community go to your senior center go to your local library that kind of thing so right
1: well security has become critical in our new normal actually it was before then too honestly but you know i think we look at it a little bit differently now too uh, we have to be particularly careful in logging into employer sites, looking for malware. You know, juggling several devices: your laptop, your cell phone, tablet, etc. All during the day. This is a big subject, and I know uh, we put a lot of little notes under uh, what we were wanting to cover. But can you give an overview on some security issues? Uh, you know, some advice on you know, every device is different <laughs> in regards to what you should do, and and where you are is different as well too. But maybe a Uh, a a little bit over an overview of all
0: that. Sure. One of the main things that has changed where everybody used to go into an office with their computers and work is you were kind of in a secure walled garden while you were there. And you didn't have to worry as much about security because your company was taking care of it at at that point, protecting the the building per se. Um, Now with everybody taking their laptops home, um, it's looking more at what is called in the industry endpoint protection. Mm-hmm. So, protection for each of the devices that you have. So, no longer is it being protected by that wild garden at work, but um, the individual devices, you have to be more, uh, you, you have to give more attention to the individual devices and in making sure that they are protected. Since work from home has become uh, so common now, a lot of the antivirus manufacturers have created special bundles called work-from-home bundles that you can purchase from them that allow you to uh, have better security over your individual devices, your individual laptops, so that it is protected at that level. Um, Hopefully, whatever business you are working with as well has changed their security protocols and are forcing you to log in in very secure and protected ways as well. There were a lot of businesses that did have to play catch up and had never really thought of their uh, employees working from home, So, but they should have made those changes by now so that when you're working from home, you can still be protected and their network can be protected as well.
1: Mm. well as an additional question, I didn't hear a lot of stories in regards to businesses being hacked or taking them down. W- were there a lot of issues? With as we switched over, work from home. Did you hear about or have to worry worry about new viruses coming through? Or I just didn't hear anything, which I was kind of surprised. I got to thinking about that while you were answering that question. Going, wow, what a great opportunity! Thinking as a <laughs> a bad guy here to do that, but I never did hear much about any businesses being taken down because of this transition. Did it happen?
3: Across the nation, there was a huge uptick okay. in ransomware and um, the the scammy type things that have been going on. So definitely an uptick, but it's something you just have
0: to constantly be aware of anyway. Okay. So, and that was really on the uptick even before COVID right, came along. Right. We, okay. We've been doing security, uh, cyber seminars and things like that, and small and medium sized businesses um, are just increasingly being coming under attack. Right. Um, you would think that's strange, but they realize that as a small to medium-sized business, you don't have the high-level, high-tech security that a larger company would have. You've still got important data, though, that they can hold hostage and, and get money from you if they, you know, ransomware money if they try to. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. You're the prime security. target. Yes.
1: Right. Well, and
2: I would think, too, that uh, employers want to make sure they're not going to be um, vulnerable because their people are working from home, but it goes the other way too. They don't want their folks working from home to be vulnerable on their own personal information because somebody's hacking into the company and these folks are connected in. So it it almost an additional issue for them to deal with that can be taken care of, but um, you certainly don't want your employees to be suffering through this process.
0: Yes. And that's where, um, like I mentioned earlier, it's really changed a lot from protecting the the physical business to protecting mm-hmm. all your individual people, all the individual computers, no matter where they happen to be in the world, making sure each one of those is, is protected because all you need is one weak link and, right. and that can introduce you know, right. damage yeah. to your company.
2: Did we ever think 10 years ago when people were begging to be working from home that now people were, are begging to go back to their office <laughs> so they can, you know, get, get their yeah. kids to school and- and Yeah, uh, so.
1: well, well, you know, talking about that weak link, I want, we've got to get into passwords. I want to talk about passwords. Not that I have a specific question, but I think there are so many myths around the passwords in regards to password strength. Of course, don't use password as your password. But at the same time, it's the character combination. It's the length. You hear so many pieces of advice. What do you think? What have you seen that works? Let's put it that way.
0: Well, I will say I've actually seen the FBI has actually changed their stance on passwords. The industry standard used to be change your passwords every 90 days. Yeah. Um, the FBI, who, who sends out regular uh, alerts to whether it be businesses or the entire community about what, what about what is happening in cybersecurity, is saying um, change your passwords less often, but create more difficult-to-guess passwords, ones that are um, more complex. And one of the most complex things you can do is use a passphrase rather than even a strange I've, combination of I've letters. I've heard
2: that. So you're, you, you end up with an acronym.
0: An acronym, or even actually typing out a whole phrase, a short sentence as oh, your really password, um, yeah, because passwords can be as small as eight characters, but you can, you know, they can be really long as well. Um, and really, the more characters you have in a password, the more uh, difficult it is for the algorithms that hackers use to guess what those passwords are. Um, the other thing is phrases are a lot easier to remember mm-hmm. than these mm-hmm. random characters and letters that we put together True, as well.
1: What's a minimum character? A, a count would be advisable. You mentioned eight before. Is that pretty much a standard?
0: Uh, eight is the standard minimum okay. that you can use. Um, and like you had mentioned, always throwing in uh, extra strange characters like exclamation points, question marks, pound sign, whatever the, not all websites will support all of those different characters but once you find out you know what Mm -hmm. it will uh, adding those in definitely increases the strength of the password as well.
2: I've been teasing Brett because he gives me these passwords that I said I can't even type this let alone I I never try to remember it.
1: Well Uh, it's it's auto-generated by a a
2: password
1: camp that I have you know and thinking well I got to take my own advice. Start using these combinations, especially, but well, I know any weak link can get to your information, whether it's tied to a, that account, tied to a credit card or not. Once that door is open, I know they can worm in anywhere. But uh, you know, I figure that would freak you out. The one I sent you's like, oh, "What is
2: that?" He enjoyed that. <laughs> he enjoyed. I, 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 when he sent it to me, I'm like, "What?
1: What?" <laughs> well, it was we were building the website for Looking Forward, our and going, I'm not going to mess around with this one. Let's just get a good <laughs> password on this one because I don't want to have to rebuild and re, you know, anything with the website because I've already gone through one on another website that somebody took it over basically and didn't hold it for ransom, but it's one of those I had to rebuild it. And but luckily I don't I don't capture any information from any of my clients or anything like that. There's no credit card numbers or anything, but you know, it 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 was gone. So they, I don't want to go through that process again <laughs> at all.
2: <laughs> so, mm. yes, so you he, could you could hire him to generate those passwords. for uh, <laughs> you. Yeah, mm. So you have yeah. a
0: you use a password manager? Yes. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, since you we're talking about mm, password yeah. managers, I'll talk about that's, that. A I, that's bit.
1: really a good point. Let's talk about that.
0: Um, uh, password managers are great because they 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 will generate random large sets of numbers that you, and letters that you can use as passwords, but you don't have to remember them mm. at all all you have to do is you have to remember how to get into your password manager and that needs to be a secure password. But once you're in there, it can handle all that for you, can handle the changing of the passwords as well. And for companies out there, um, there are some password managers that allow each individual to have their own bank of passwords. But then if you have a few passwords that the entire company uses, you shouldn't do that. But sometimes it's required in certain cases, you can put those passwords in a company vault that all of your, the necessary users can get to and share those passwords that way. So you're not texting back and forth or emailing back and forth those passwords. Great. To allow your individuals in.
2: Is there a site that gives kind of an overview on password manager, uh, password manager programs, or is that something that we can add to our show notes for our listeners? Yes, we can supply that. Wonderful. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, And another one, and I forget the website, but we'll also have it in the notes at the end is uh, there is a website that you can go to, and I have made sure that it is safe and not just capturing them, but you can type in different passwords like uh, that you would like to try or phrases, and it will actually calculate for you how long it would take the average hacker to be able to break that password.
2: I think I've and seen that one yet. It's kind of interesting. It is
0: very interesting. and yeah. made me worry when I first saw it. It's right. capturing everybody's <laughs> yeah, past. Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: True. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. It's out there to help you.
0: And it is amazing sometimes how just adding one little character will add thousands of years to right. time. Oh, that it
2: right. Wow. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I. Uh, our uh, former um, tech volunteer show that to me for our agency and it was amazing it it went from like you know a year to figure out this password to a thousand years (laughs) to figure out a password by adding one character yeah it was amazing so Mm. cool very cool
0: um if i can mention one more thing regarding Mm. passwords though um one of the bad things is, is no matter how complex the of passwords you use um you probably are aware there's been a lot of security breaches by different companies that are have been in the news you know whether it is i think you know there was a security breach with target and a Mm -hmm. lot of accounts got exposed so unfortunately when those accounts get exposed oftentimes the passwords you use for those accounts gets exposed as well gets on what's called the dark web right and then people can pay money for those databases of passwords and things so Um, one of the things you do need to be aware of is just because you've created an extremely complex password, you do need to change it on a regular basis, especially if you know that you have an account that has been hacked. Right. Um, Immediately change the password to that Um, because even the safest password isn't going to uh, keep you secure if it's out there on the dark web for somebody to find.
2: And if the password is stuck to the bottom of your keyboard... (laughs) <laughs> also, probably not a good idea, <laughs> regardless of how complex it is. <laughs> that so.
3: post-it note that sits on the monitor, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
0: and that's exactly why the FBI changed their stance on it, is right. because, you know, people create these complex passwords, mm-hmm. stick it to, on a sticky note <laughs> on the front of their computer. <laughs> well, let's get away from that. Let's use <laughs> complex passwords, but change them less frequently.
2: Right, and it, not just the name of your pet, but yes. Right. Very good, oh, very gosh. good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So let's talk about security software, you know, apps that can provide security on devices, uh, free ones, you know, ones that are paid. Are they effective? Um, What are your thoughts on those?
0: My thoughts are different um, depending on whether you are at home or uh, working on a business computer, Uh, like at home just using your your own computer versus being on a business computer. Um, There are some good free Uh, programs out there that offer basic level of protection. Um, However also Windows 10 itself has what is built into Windows 10 which is called Windows Defender has gotten a lot better than it used to be and it's on every Windows 10 computer out there. And from a residential perspective I think you could possibly get by with a a free option out there for that basic level of protection. Mm -hmm. I would never run a business on a free um, type of antivirus protection just because um, as a business you have data that is a lot more important to protect, and um, I would definitely use a paid version of of something out there. It's like
1: buying an insurance policy, basically. Buying an insurance policy.
0: The the other thing to look for is antivirus is changing a lot. There's a new generation of antivirus out there that uses – basically artificial intelligence to constantly be scanning your computer for malicious things that might be happening. The reason why that is good is because, um, I forget what it was that I put in an email the other day, but it's thousands of new viruses are created and introduced into the wild every single day. Wow. Thousands. So it's hard for antivirus companies to keep up with that, adding that to their database of threats and getting those updates out to your computer. By making antivirus with um, artificial intelligence, it can catch those things just by doing, watching for suspicious activity that haven't even been known yet, mm-hmm. that haven't been identified. Mm. So when you do look for antivirus for business, look for more like what's called next generation antivirus protection.
1: We didn't talk about earlier security on different devices. And I think that's important. You know, looking at laptop, because laptop is mobile versus your pc sitting at home and you have that tendency to i'm going to take it to panera (laughs) and go on wi-fi let's talk about the dangers of that or how to protect yourself while you're in public what you should or shouldn't do be wise let's put it that way i know there are ways that you can go out in public and be able to do those sorts of things but there are some things i'm sure you shouldn't do maybe talk about that
3: when you go out into public, um if you're sitting at a Panera or a Starbucks and you're and you're that's a great place to work, you mm-hmm. know it is
1: and I wasn't pointing fingers that they're a bad place to go. It's like, but that's a common place
3: to go. oh, absolutely yeah. it's fa- fantastic mm-hmm. you know environment, and some people work very mm-hmm. well there. Just be careful about what you're doing on if you join their public Wi-Fi. um you don't want to be on public Wi-Fi and doing any sorts of financial transactions or anything. Um, work-related that that could transfer because you, you never know who's watching what you're doing. So um, Mason has some, some great ideas as far as things you can do still working in public but not using that public Wi-Fi
0: necessarily. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when Mary and I have been out working in a public space, um, on our phones, and most people have this on their smartphones nowadays, is um, a personal hotspot right. connection. Mm-hmm. We usually turn that on so we're connected to our own phones right. and not using the public network that is at Panera. However, if your company uses what's called a VPN or a virtual private network software, you can be on Panera's uh, public Wi-Fi. With the virtual private network in place, your data is protected uh, as it's being transmitted back and forth between your computer and your company, mm-hmm. um, because it is encrypted in that connection, and even if somebody is snooping in, uh, trying to find data on the the Panera website, or sorry, the Panera Wi-Fi mm-hmm. connection, they're not going to be able to see what you're doing.
1: Okay, and you can download apps on your phone to take care of that too, right? Are they pretty efficient?
0: So, on are you talking about from a, a VPN, VPN a VPN
1: app? Yeah.
0: Yes, there are uh, VPN apps for phones as well. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is um, the security of the device itself. Apple is a pretty secure ecosystem when it comes to their phones because unless you've done something called jailbreaking of your phone, right, right. then the only thing you can install on your iPhone are apps that have been verified and uh, know are secure from Apple's own, their app store. Mm-hmm. So you can be very secure about about that on an iPhone. Android's a little bit more open, and you can install a lot more apps from different places on it. So there is also antivirus. There are antivirus programs for Android. Okay. And if you have an Android phone, I would suggest you at least use a free one that's available, if not a purchased one.
2: I, <laughs> I have an Android phone and regular PC at home, and purchased a McAfee um, subscription for safety on my computer at home, which allowed me to also put it on my phone. So same subscription, mm-hmm. so I, and I can do it on a tablet. I can do it on my Surface computer. So it it, um, it takes it all in, which is good. I'm not having to pay for each one.
0: I think that's where some of those work-from-home bundles that they have right. created will help you do that so okay. that you can have multiple devices protected mm-hmm. under one subscription. Okay. The the other thing to keep in mind about working it out is like Panera and stuff like that. A lot of people forget is the physical security of the device, you know. You leave the laptop sitting on the table and you go and refill your drink. When you come back, it it could easily be gone in that amount of time. And then the thief has all of your data, Um, is probably still, has the password in, is probably unlocked. They can get to anything they want. So just being mindful of uh, if you take your work laptop out, um, take it in with you to the restaurant. Don't leave it in, in locked in the car. Um, don't leave it unattended at the table. Just some of the common sense things that um, that will help keep the physical device itself protected from being Good stopped. point,
2: because mm-hmm. we all can be way too overtrusting. And, and a lot of times when people are working in those kinds of environments, they're by themselves. It's not like you're with your family There's somebody there to watch over a device. So,
1: exactly.
2: Okay, so I am your worst case scenario client. You know, my passwords are my dog's name. Um, I have uh, done everything that could possibly go wrong I've done, and I've been hacked. Can't, you know, malware on my computer. Somebody's taking it over. They want money. Um, I'm calling you crying. And you are going to tell me what?
0: My first question is going to be, do you have a backup?
2: <laughs> good point. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yes. I said worst case scenario.
0: <laughs> I thought maybe you would at least be good with backup. So, um, I well, just...
2: I did one, but it was like last year. So. <laughs>
0: um, the biggest thing to remember is, um, and law enforcement uh and en- enforces this or or recommends this never pay the ransom. Right. You are dealing with a thief. What makes you think that if you provide money to that thief they are going to give you back your your information? Exactly. It usually doesn't happen. And so all you're doing by paying that thief is teaching that thief their method is working mm-hmm. and they're going to make money from this. You may be out of luck in a lot of ways if you don't have a backup, but I do want to stress at this point Having a current backup is pretty much the gold standard thing that you can do to get out of any possible computer-related mess, whether the computer has been stolen, the computer has gotten damaged with water, um, you have gotten a virus, um, ransomware, um, anything like that. If you have a backup of your data, you can recover from anything.
2: Right. A backup of the data plus some way to resurrect the programs themselves.
0: Yes, yes. yes. I mean, mean, another device or something like that. Yes, but um, it's just that insurance policy that you just have to have. We stress backups, backups,
2: backups. Do you tell your business clients different ways to do backup as opposed to a person who's just doing their home stuff, for instance, Do business clients need to have like a shadow server?
0: It all depends on how quickly a business needs to get back up and running should uh, an issue occur. Uh, We always recommend two types of backup, um, which is one is on-site backup, backup that is to a connected device, a Mm -hmm. drive, a USB drive connected to your computer, and as well as cloud backup. Uh, the reason why we rec- recommend both is because um, it is much faster to get backup running from a local backup that has been attached to your computer. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes if something happens, if your computer's bag is stolen, your backup drive is probably going to be in that, right. that case as well. If something happens with water damage or fire, both the drive and the computer are probably going to be damaged in that same event as well. So that's where the cloud backup comes in. Good point. It's a double okay. level of of protection. Okay. Um, but yeah, from a business perspective, we recommend that same thing. If you are a business that can't be down more than an hour or you're going to lose millions of dollars, then yes, we would recommend and put in place um, basically a device that would create a mirror of all of your data that we could spin back up and have it back up and running within 15, 20 minutes.
1: And it sounds like that advice would be applicable for home-based businesses as well. let's say it's an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and they're doing all internet sales. they're just you know basically selling something and then fulfillment comes from somewhere else. it sounds like they should be doing the exact same thing locally and in the cloud too or any depending on the level of, of information that they're gathering from their clients may dictate how much security and backup they have.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, one thing that has changed backups a little bit, and I, I'm still stressing, do backups, yeah, backup on site, <laughs> backup in the cloud, but a lot of businesses are running off of web based applications now. Right. The information that they're putting in about their clients, they're putting into maybe a CRM oh, in the yeah, cloud or whatever. Right. So in that case, you wanna make sure whoever it is that is your vendor that you are working has a backup. You want to make sure that whatever vendor you are using for your important applications is backing up your software and has a policy of being able to restore that data should something happen.
1: Right. Yeah. And I bring that up because I know our audience can be full of and probably are full of entrepreneurs. Sure. And they're looking at this it's side hustle or they're looking at, I'm going to start this business, but I'm still working for my current employer, but I, I want to evolve into this, but there are safety issues that it's not just a home computer and you're, you're you're playing around you're dealing with other people's lives and livelihood by taking just a credit card number to fulfill an order that's a whole different level <laughs> of, of protection for them and you and and like you said too all the other vet, uh, applications that you're using in the uh, and software you're using too how are they protecting you mm-hmm. wow
0: Okay. Uh, and you brought up something when you were talking. It made me think of um, some of the applications that a small business would often use would be things such as Office 365, Word, Excel. One of those things is called OneDrive, and it is a storage-based utility um, that they have. However, I want to make sure that everyone understands that OneDrive, Dropbox is another common one. Mm-hmm. There's several out there. are not. It's not backup software. Right. Uh, it's right. for storage and mm-hmm. synchronizing that data between multiple computers. Um, but if um, if a file is deleted off of OneDrive, it's also gone off your computer and any other computer that's connected to that account. So uh, you still need a level of protection of online backup that is beyond OneDrive or Dropbox or something like right. that. Right. Right.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it would seem that maintenance on devices now more important than ever. Uh, can you give us some tips on basic measures we should you know take to keep our computers in good working condition and i know it varies between Macs and PCs
3: we'd like to say that um, when you get a new car you you definitely keep up with the maintenance you do the oil changes you put gas in it you 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 take it through the car wash you know so you you do that that maintenance the same thing has to happen on your computer um it's not something you can just buy set it forget it that kind of thing um, so you want to be able to, you want to be doing those routine maintenance things.
0: And some of those things that you would do would be um, making sure that the software on your computer is kept up to date. Software manufacturers are constantly putting out uh, critical patches to patch security holes and things like that. Um, so don't
1: ignore those. Don't ignore them.
0: <laughs> right. yes. um, when they say, update me, yeah. update
1: them. Yes. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> Just like your phone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> and, but un- unfortunately, they are a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. sometimes bad patches come out and cause problems, mm-hmm. but they are a necessary evil mm-hmm. to do. Um, so those types of things, um, doing kind of a regular spring cleaning on your computer, getting rid of the junk that's on mm-hmm. there, you know, old files that you don't need anymore. Um, those kind of things.
1: Um, well, sometimes it helps your computer run better when you do.
0: Absolutely. Because you're getting nice. rid of that
1: junk, absolutely. just like that extra, all those cups and such you got in the back of the, your new car. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should get rid of those and you have not brand right. new car, you nice. know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, the other thing is, every fa- uh, computer made pretty much has a fan in it uh, for airflow. With airflow is going to come dust. And so, regularly, um, if you have a desktop vacuuming, the exterior case and where you see the dust building up on the outside. If you have a laptop, get a can of air to spray in where you know the the vents are and stuff like that to help clear out the dust. Um, one of the worst things for computers is heat, so you want to make sure it has adequate airflow. Um, so that's another important mm-hmm. maintenance routine.
1: Is that same thing for Max as well? Are they absolutely. built okay. okay?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and and Max, they've tried to. Uh, they're constantly trying to improve the cooling without making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. So I think they are just as important to make yeah. sure you keep clean. And- yeah,
1: when they start to cool, my, at least my laptop, when it starts to cool down, you know it's doing it. It's not mm-hmm. loud, loud, but it's like, whoa, you're making a lot of noise.
2: <laughs> it, it used to be that we would always defrag our hard drive. Is that something that you suggest we still continue to try to do?
0: Uh, it depends on the type of drive that is in your computer. Okay. Uh, a lot of new computers, old computers came with what's called a traditional hard drive, which was like almost like an advanced little record player right. in your computer. It had a spinning disk and a little arm that would move back and forth across it to read data. Defragmentation is important for those kinds of drives. The new drives called solid-state devices or solid-state drives um, are more like the memory that is in your smartphone. There are no moving parts. It's super fast. And because of that, defragmenting uh, isn't as necessary for SSDs okay. and can possibly even shorten the life of those SSDs. Oh, okay, good good point. So hmm. um, check and see what kind of drive is in your computer. Um, and then oftentimes the operating system is smart enough to know that. Like Windows is smart enough to know if it's an old drive, defragmenta- defragmentation may already be turned on. Okay. and so forth. So it actually may be already doing that for you in the background. Okay. Good. Good to know. Cool. Uh, nearly every Mac made today would be, would have an SSD though, by the way. So. Um,
2: Is that it with Windows 10 computers? No. You don't not, know. Unfortunately. Yeah. You, you don't still know. don't know.
0: Some okay. of the cheaper ones will still come with the standard rotating drives. Okay.
2: Mm. I I just remember watching the little, you'd see this great big table and you could see all the Buttons moving up, yeah. It (laughs) It was was like a puzzle. It was fun to watch. It It was was. actually, yeah, Yeah, because you knew you
1: were doing something. (laughs) You know, you were in power for once with this computer. Yeah, exactly. Make it faster,
2: and I had more space. (laughs) Well, how much more email can I hold on to? So, (laughs) this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for all these tips and all these resources. You know, we're going to put all of this information into the show notes at the on the podcast page. Is there any other resource that you want to make sure they know about?
3: Um, we'd love to have you visit our website and sign up for. We have a newsletter that comes out at least monthly. Um, sometimes we try to do it a little more often with tips, tricks, hints, um, hopefully helpful helpful items. To and it doesn't matter if it's if if you're a residential, if you're a small uh, business, or or even a larger company. The the it it applies the information applies to you and free information is always excellent free information is always good
2: wonderful thank you yeah Yeah.
1: thanks for joining us today this was great thanks for the information wonderful to be here um, as as I knew would be plenty of great information um, that is applicable to anybody in any situation
2: absolutely and I promise you I'll do a backup
1: (laughs) thank you.